Hi everyone. Uh, amazing to be with you as always. Um, thanks to Tara and Sue for leading us uh, so far. Um, I'm going to split, split my commission with them, don't worry. Just kidding. I'm not splitting it. Um, we're going to start with a little game. Okay. It's a game that I've come up with myself. It's called um, Hexam Courant or Fake News. So what I've done... I've been looking uh, through the Quran to find some um, obscure headlines. And I've also made some headlines up myself. Okay? And now it is your job to um, see whether or not you can tell which one is fake news or Quran news. Okay, so can we have the first headline, please? Okay? The first headline is. Thieves steal Valentine's disco snacks from Prado School. Okay. You think it, okay, so if you think it's true, pop your hand up. Okay. If you think it's fake news, pop your hand up. Anyone think, couple think it's fake news? Okay. Let's have a look. Reveal. It's truth. This is a story in the Quran of thieves that stole uh, Valentine's snacks from Prado School. How terrible. Okay, next, next one. Allendale Dalek given two more weeks. Okay. Hands up if you think that's true. Hands up if you think that's fake news. A few people think it's fake news. Let's have a look. That's true. That was it. That genuine... I was amazed when I saw that. But apparently, who knew? There's a sci-fi museum in Allendale. And there's a massive Dalek outside. Who knew? Who knew? Anyway. The next one. Hexham resident has Europe's biggest stamp collection. Hands up for truth. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, it might be. It's you. Have you got, how many stamps have you got? Okay, let's have a look. Fake news. I made that one up. Okay, let's have a look at the next one. Northumberland goat predicts England World Cup triumph in the summer. You've got all these animals predicting the scores. Amazing. So, who thinks that's true? Who thinks a Northumberland goat predicted the World Cup triumph? A couple of people. Okay, let's have a look. I made that one up. Tara made that one up, actually. Okay. Next one. Escape, she- okay. Escape sheep closed A69 at Corbridge. Big news. True? You, you know Hexham too well. <laughs> Who thinks it's fake news? Let's have a look. Truth. That's truth. That was in the Quran. Amazing. I don't know if that's the last, that last one. There's the one more. There's another one. Jesus spotted on Wylam toast. Anyone think that was true? I made the Quran. Anyone want to believe? We asked Neil. Brilliant. Okay. Fake news. I made that one up. I made that one up. Okay. Sometimes it's not um, that easy to see the truth. And other times you think, yeah, that could be believable. Um, Let's pray before we um, look at God's word. Father God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my salvation. So in the name of the Father... And of the Son of the Holy Spirit, we say, Lord, speak to us. Amen. I'm just going to grab some water before we start. Super. We live in an unprecedented time of fake news. Fake news is everywhere. I've just read... um, uh, an article from CNN who, before I start, 
Donald Trump would call fake news. But they ran an article on him. And they said, in the first one and a half years in the post, he told, on average, 60 untruths or lies in his tweets a day. A day. So 60 things a day in order to mislead people, half-truths, fake-truths, and some right lies in the press. And that's what they said. He, of course, dismisses them as fake news. And this is um, what we deal with every day. And even some of the things in the Quran, you think, oh, that's, that's got to be a news story, but it's not, it's fake news. And even things that are in the Quran, you think, that can't seriously be true. But sheep do close roads in Hexham. You know, you know it, you know it. Okay? Um, and so we live in this time of unprecedented fake news. And it is everywhere. And um, we're going to look at a passage which um, is a trial. And as we know, a trial is to find the truth. I want us to start um, just a little bit before um, our reading this morning. And I want us to start with uh, Peter. Because the, the, very, the bit just before our reading is Peter denying Jesus the second and the third time. Okay? So people are saying to him, you're one of them, aren't you? No, not me. And even a guy who was in the garden that night when the ear was cut off and Jesus healed and he was arrested, they come and they said, yes, it's you, isn't it? You're the one. And Peter says, no, it's not me. And he denies him. And he says, it wasn't me. And now Peter um, was a man who was with God all that time. And he knew he was truth. And he knew what he was going to do. But in that moment, Jesus became an inconvenient truth. He became an inconvenient truth to Peter. Because if he'd have said, yes, he may have been um, arrested himself, he may have been attacked, but just, he didn't, did he? He just said, no. And Jesus became an inconvenient truth um, to Peter in that moment. And I wonder, first point this morning, is how often... Is Jesus an inconvenient truth to us today? We know he's true. He says he's true. And we have that experience in our life. But we, we know God is true. Jesus is truth. He's not fake news. But at times in our life, he's inconvenient. I know that I've had times in my life when he's been an inconvenient truth. I can honestly say that to you this morning. Where, growing up in a school with not many Christians, if people had asked, God would be an inconvenient truth to me. And so many times um, in the world today, um, the truth is um, inconvenient. 
And this is, um, I said when I was in the vestry, you'd be surprised how many times I mentioned Donald Trump in the sermon this morning. It should be a record, okay? And um, like people like Donald Trump, where the truth is inconvenient and it's dismissed. And it's so easy for people to dismiss the truth as inconvenient. But we do it in our, every day in our lives. Because sometimes we think Jesus is inconvenient. Um, when people ask us, when people, we've got to stand up for the truth or do something, it becomes an inconvenient truth when that happens. And it happened to Peter, so it can happen um, to any of us. The second bit is um, the Pharisees and the Jewish leaders who take Jesus for trial. Well, are they taking him for trial? I'm not sure. Are they taking him for mm, different reasons? This one is when they get there, it's early in the morning, so I'm definitely not up. Okay? And normal people aren't up. So they're doing it in secret. And when Pilate comes out, They say to him, he says, what's he done wrong? What are you accusing him of? And they say, we wouldn't have bought him if he wasn't a criminal. Obviously. And they don't say what he's done. They just dismiss it by saying, we wouldn't have brought him if he wasn't a criminal. And saying, we're telling you the truth. But we're not going to tell you what the truth is, but we are telling you the truth. We're definitely telling you the truth, but we're not going to tell you what the truth is. And um, this also happens so many times. Um, Statements of truth that don't contain any truth. They're hiding the truth. Okay, This one is the, the Pharisees have... Number one, they've missed the truth. And number two, they are literally trying to bury the truth. Literally trying to bury the truth. And then they come and they say, we wouldn't, have inc- we wouldn't have accused him if he wasn't a criminal. And it soon becomes apparent through Pilate's questioning that actually what they want is for him to be killed. Pilate says, go and take him and you try him. But... They say, we want him to be killed. We want you to kill him. And um, there's a huge um, irony here, which is amazing. It shows you how much they have missed the truth. Is that the irony is, what they are doing, what the Pharisees are doing, is actually fulfilling the prophecies that they were telling everybody else about. That's what they've done. So... The Bible says that um, Jesus is going to be um, put up to die. Raised up to die. On a cross. Okay? So it says he's not going to be, um, his bones aren't going to be broken. Like if they're going to stone him, like they would have done. But actually he's going to be put up to die. And the irony is, they're fulfilling the prophecy through their actions. And they've still missed it. And even when they get to the house of Pilate, they won't even go inside. 
Because ironically, if they go inside, then they can't have the rest of the Passover meal. Which is ironic because they are celebrating the Passover lamb by not going into the trial of the lamb. Which is ironic. If you think, come on, surely now you've got it because what you're doing. But actually, they've not got it. And I find that, I just, I don't know, I find that really bizarre. I don't know about anyone else. Twice, they go and they, the irony is there for them to see, but they just miss it. They just completely miss it because they, uh, they're blind to the truth um, and they want to bury the truth. And um, there's times in our lives when um, we are blind to God's truth. Sometimes it's inconvenient. Sometimes we are just blind to the truth. And we need to ask God to reveal that truth to us. If we're blind to the truth. And often, um, when you're blind to the truth, you don't know you're blind to the truth. But we should all ask God to reveal the truth um, to us and not bury the truth. Um, the third bit of uh, truth is comes with Pilate. And Pilate's truth is slightly different to um, that of the Pharisees. And it's different to Peter's truth as well. Because Pilate's truth is only really concerned with his own truth. And that, be, that is because of his priorities. Pilate's priority is the Roman Empire. That's what he's trying to protect. He's trying to protect his emperor and he's trying to protect his own position, which is the position of the Roman Empire. So his questions are not about really um, what the Pharisees have said, but really, does it, does this truth, affect the Roman Empire, which is why most of the questions asked at Jesus talk about him being a king. So what he's saying is, are you going to set yourself up against my emperor? That's the truth that he wants. He's not interested in the squabbles that are going on. He's not interested in anything else. But what he wants to know is, does his truth align with his? And he's got his own reasons for doing that. And um, Pilate says to him, so are you the king of the Jews? Are you a king? So, are, so you are a king then? That's his, that's his line of questioning um, to Jesus. And he's only after his own truth. Not the truth, but his own truth. It's on the side. And... Um, that's the reason why Jesus um, replies in the way that he does because he says my, my kingdom is not of this world like you're asking. It doesn't affect your emperor. It's actually, it's actually a heavenly kingdom. It's different. And they go back and forth and... Um, the amazing thing is that after all that, Pilate um, thinks, well, he's probably not a threat. And he asked that question, um, which didn't really get an answer. And um, he just says in 38, what is truth? So he's asked, and he's just like, 
what is truth? What is truth? And he goes out to the Pharisees and he says, I, I can't find anything wrong with him. He's not done anything to the Roman Empire. Yeah, maybe. It's a good point. And um, you can't find any fault with him. And again, he, he asks them, okay, because I want to keep the peace. Issue custom for me to release one of your prisoners at the time of Passover. Do you want me to release uh, the king of the Jews and um, again fake news shouts the Pharisees no release Barabbas and they let Jesus be taken and they release uh, Barabbas so that's the story and what's that got to do um, with us uh, today in Hexham well where does God's truth, stand for you, and I know it's been a long time, so I'm not going to talk for too long now, but um, where does God's truth sit with you? Is it an inconvenient truth? Is it faith news? Because we're blind to it and we want to see it buried. Is it Truth that fits with your own agenda? Or is it ultimately the truth? You think it's the truth? Hallelujah. Yeah. I wish more people would say that when I I preach. That's affirming. I think it's the truth too. And the thing is, we often think it's inconvenient and we often miss it. Things like that. But, God's Truth is good news. And we don't, feel, we don't hear good news very often now in our news. And good news needs to be proclaimed. Hexham Holiday Club is good news. It'll be great news to those kids who hear it. It'll be brilliant to the parents who hear it. And if that's an inconvenience to us, well, maybe we need to realign ourselves with the truth and say, actually, I'm going to step out this morning and I'm going to say to Tim and Nikki, I could do something, I could make some tea, I could do this, I could do that. We're going to step out. Because, ultimately, through doing things like that, people hear the truth. And it's not up to you whether or not they think it's, you know, an inconvenience or fake news but it's still got to be told and let God do the rest so just um, have a think about um, where God's truth sits with you um, me and Tara got um, amazing jobs uh, really and it, in telling people about Jesus and I want to share this little thing what happened a lot, big thing that happened a couple of weeks ago and and Tara will testify like how um, 
I, I rang on the way back and I was buzzing about it, absolutely buzzing. And my group had, uh, we linked with a group in Sunderland. And um, they'd come over to us and they'd done some testimony and things like that. And they said, um, we're going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Christ. I've been working with these kids for two and a half years and I thought, oh, this will be brilliant. I hope one puts a hand up for this. And um, anyway, they said, we're going to say a prayer. And if you prayed that prayer, everyone's got their eyes closed, put your thumb up. Classic youth work um, response time. Um, and I had my op- eyes open looking. I thought, oh, come on, please, Lord. Let's this would be great. And um, I was amazed. Four people put their hands up like that. And then we got their Bibles and things afterwards and we, did, we prayed for them. And then we went to an event on the Friday, which is, again, in Sunderland. And um, they did it again. They said, if anyone wants to do it, you can do it. This was in like a church service this time. And um, two more people put their hands at that. And... Um, chatting with one of them her name's Casey she, she's a um, great girl and um, one of my volunteers over there said to her um, I gave my life to Christ um, 53 years ago and he mentioned the date he said I'm 77 now God has never ever left me in that time and I know that he died for me and he rose again And it was amazing to see the good news reach a young person. And she said, um, the date. And she said, this day is the day when I gave my life to Christ. And the good news flooded into her life. And that was truth for her. She'll never, ever, ever forget that moment. And it just shows you how relevant the good news is today. In a time of fake news, in a time such as this, it's truth. And it needs to be uh, proclaimed.